We're going. We're going. You know what? Pray or the sentence in my head last night was the one day men will look back and say that I gave birth to the 20th century. Mm. I kept thinking about that line last night and I was trying to figure it out what it meant. Because it takes place right around the turn of the century, right? Well, 1888. 18, late 18, late mm. 1800s. You know. So, probably. I mean, he's looking at, you know, yeah, 20 years and then, no, wait, no, 120 well, years, 1200 years still. Wait, no. No, because oh 19, my God. 1900 would be 12 20th years. Oh, 1888. Hey guys, Sean can't do math. Welcome to our podcast. It's too early in the morning. We are cutting it close this week. We were so on top of it for a while with the watching and the recording, and then we got we got backed up again. So we weren't really on top of it. Well, really. for like a for one, couple weeks, we we're like, "Oh, look at that! We already got one week. We, we were, jammed two in. One week, we were ahead of. <laughs> we had one banked, basically. Yeah. Well, it was kind of nice for that week. Anyway, this is why do we own this DVD? I'm Diane, and I'm Sean, and it's early Saturday morning. We are talking about in our month or spooky month month of spookies whatever i've called this los spookies uh we're talking about the 2001 movie from hell starring johnny depp and a bunch of other people there's uh quite a few names in this movie not really though but were they they're just like i think i've seen this guy in another movie playing the same kind of character i think it's because we know them now really you know like giant like ian holm Ian Holm. Well, Ian Holm was popular before this. Johnny Coltrane. What? Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. He just said Johnny Coltrane <laughs> when, in fact, he meant Robbie. Robbie Coltrane. <laughs> Johnny Graham. Who's that? Heather Graham. Heather Graham. Uh, what other Johnnies are in this movie? Um, Directed by John and Johnny Hughes. Oh, Johnny Hughes. Oh, so from hell, this uh, movie came out October nineteenth, two thousand one, and directed by the Hughes brothers, also yeah. known as Albert and Allen. What else did they do? Did they do Book of Eli, or, or is that Anton Fuqua? Because no, I get... they did Book of Fuqua. I mean, <laughs> 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 oh, my brain's not working right now. Everything's broken. They did the Book of Eli. Mm-hmm. Okay. This was like their first, though. No. No? I feel like this was their first. They did, um, cause they did Menace to Society. Oh, that was 93 or something, 94. Um, shit, what else did they do? I soundtrack. Kind of. That was a killer soundtrack. Like, I didn't have it, but I remember, like, it was so popular. It had everyone on it. Because they did, they did that other one, the, um... I think it's like a, a heist bank robbery. Dead Presidents. Oh. That one. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't see, but... Um, this <clears> is <throat> the... Yeah, Menace to Society, Dead Presidents, American Pimp. Oh, yeah. From Hell. And Book of Eli was the last one they did together, which was 2010. A long time ago. Isn't... Um, solo works they've isn't done. Alan directing Solo? 
They both have soul. Oh, are they, are they both directing The soul? Defiant Ones. Oh, really? Was uh, Alan Hughes. Yeah. Um, yeah, this... Oh, because Albert moved to Prague in 2004. This is an interesting departure from Menace to Society and Dead Presidents. It's a really weird... It'd be... I mean, I don't want to... To, to put them in a box. Mm. Because you don't do that with, you know, white directors, really. No. They can do whatever they want. And it's, like. Well. But it would be as if people would be just as surprised if, like, John Singleton did, you know, like a. Like a, like a Jane Austen a white, movie. Well, like a, or like a, <laughs> a, a, a female white rom-com kind of. Like if he did Bridesmaids yeah. or yeah. something, you know. Yeah. People would be like, oh, what? You know, but if, you know. Spielberg can do a period Spielberg, drama. He could do a sci-fi. He could do, yeah, you know, but Amistad. No one's like, gonna bat an eye. But they would bat an eye if he like menace to society. Like, would they though? What was a Jewish guy doing? But I don't know. Probably not they? as much as they would the opposite. But um, this is a departure, and it's very interesting. It's cool. I mean, it's and it has a good. I think because of their previous movies and just their I don't know anything about their upbringing or anything like I don't know yeah, if, were they urban kids from the streets I mean you know but they're from Detroit oh really yeah. see so they, they they can bring a real interesting gritty look moved to Pomona <laughs> oh really oh why I'm sorry sorry Hughes brothers you had to live in Pomona <laughs> yeah that's a terrible place that changed everything but they do bring a, a very it's an interesting an interesting style. take on their because they obviously have done movies about like crime, mm-hmm. you know, and violence, and which this is about. It just happens to be in eighteen eighties London about one of the most famous serial killers of all time. Um, I wasn't sure how, like, I hadn't seen it in a long time. Mm, and me going into it last night, I'm like, God, am I gonna like this? So much has changed since the last time I've seen this. You know, like, I feel differently about, like, violence towards women. Not that I was pro-violence towards women, but, <laughs> you know, now it's like I'm a mom now. I have a daughter. There's a lot of, this world is insane. And I'm like, ah, this is going to be really uncomfortable to deal with. And Johnny Depp, I'm still kind of on the fence about this guy. <laughs> you know, he's he's insane, too. Um, I was just kind of like, ah, if I get this, the, the violence, the, you know, so I was kind of like, eh, going into it, but watching it, I'm like, yeah, this is horrible. Like the violence, but I really enjoyed it because you can't deny the fascination with this topic, with mm-hmm. this, with Jack the Ripper, which people have been fascinated with for over a hundred years. Yeah. Uh, you can't deny that. Like it just, it piques your interest because it is so studied and still unsolved and why did he pick only women why did he kill them in this way why you know it's 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 interesting and yeah it is hard to watch especially in today's world you're like god this just um but it is a fascinating subject so i know like in the in the movie and the murders are are there's very there's a lot of a hints at like an underlying conspiracy, like as far because like he even maps out locations of bodies. Is that true to real life? Like, is that? I mean, 
I, I, there are so many, there has been like so many studies and so many documentaries and all hinting about some kind of conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know the greater conspiracy is, we can discuss that later, but I mean, he, like on his map, he's drawing out basically a, th- a star. star, yeah. You know, I don't know if that, is that true to life? Sure, I don't know. So for those of you who don't know, From Hell, it's... Like I said, it takes place in 1888 during the time when Jack the Ripper began his killing spree in the August through November, basically, um, in the Whitechapel district of London, which was the shittiest slum you could find back in those days. Um, he only operated for a few months. Mm-hmm. Mm. There had been killings after. Right, right. Um, that they couldn't really pinpoint. Like, is this the same guy? But ba- his, his time was basically just a few months in I, the late I thought fall. It, I thought he had spanned like two years. No. Mm. And the movie, as in most studies, focus on, they call them the canonical five, these five women, five prostitutes that were killed um, within these months, all killed kind of in the same horrific way, um, sliced and diced basically <laughs> with their lady bits removed or whatever it's um and this movie follows one of the guys in charge of the investigation um aberlene what's his name frederick frederick aberlene played by johnny depp Um, and he's a real guy he's a real guy Mm -hmm. they change his character a little bit in the movie because in the movie he's a kind of opioid opioid (laughs) addict um it's got these has these hallucinations and he sees these murders before they happen sort of thing like a vision um, his the that's real never, life character that's wasn't. never been hinted at in the real life. Like, no, he's never they, been. No. There was oh, no. This guy was magical. Yeah. Um. They just wanted to jazz it up a little bit. Because <clears throat> really, all it would be it would be just a, a weird cop story, basically. Yeah, it's just a, you know, it just adds a little. Just bit. a manhunt. Um. So yeah, basically, the movie is just uh, him following these murders as they happen and. You know, who done it? Try to figure out who did it. So, like I said, Johnny Depp plays this prof- professor, <laughs> Professor Aberline. Um, this was the 2001. It was in between Sleepy Hollow and Pirates, basically, with some probably smaller ones, but like in terms of big popular movies. Um, Sleepy Hollow was 99 and Pirates was 2003. So, this is kind of on the cusp of his, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, he didn't really want to do this movie because he said, I played the same character in Sleepy Hollow, which, again, he plays a, a weird investigator. A investigator. Yeah. Um, I think the character is very different, mm-hmm. but that's because of him and how he played him. On paper, they could be the same, you know. So when they first say, oh, you're playing a police officer, and he'd be like, well, I already did that in the same time period, <laughs> just in a different country. Um so maybe it's a very conscious choice of Johnny Depp's to play this character so different from Ichabod Crane in Sleepy Hollow because they're very different. So I just saw that this movie is based on the Alan Moore graphic novel. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Which is, I think, which is where we get the magical Aberlene. Well, and then from Hell, the graphic novel is based off of the 1976 book, The Jack the Ripper, The Final Solution which I was reading about oh, really? last night. Um, 
yeah, the final solution is a book written by uh, Stephen Knight, 1976. It was the basis for the graphic novel and the film From Hell, as well as um, influencing Patricia Cornwell, who she's a crime writer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's done lots of research on Jack the Ripper. She's kind of famous for that now. Um, most people kind of dismissed the whole theory because um, he basically said that um, the victims the victims were murdered to cover up a secret marriage between the second in line to the throne, which is mm-hmm. uh, Prince Albert Victor, Duke of Clarence, and Annie Crook, a working class girl, who which we see in the movie mm-hmm. at the very mm-hmm. beginning. Um, and the whole his book involved you know obviously the British royal family, Freemasonry, the painter Walter Sickert. You can do a lot of research on him too. He was a painter. Somehow he's involved. Um, like I said, most people said this is not valid at all, but that's where Alan Moore got a big bulk of his story for the graphic novel. And then, I mean, it is an interesting idea. I mean, any theory is going to be interesting because it kind of is like, oh, oh, God, what if that's the well, case? And like, and it's then one you of those start going down this rabbit hole of that theory. It's like, and it's one of those things where you could you know, push the evidence towards that answer. You know, you could skew mm-hmm. your your facts mm-hmm. just enough to where, oh, yeah, it all, it it all makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. If you can accept one thing, then all these other things fall into place. Yeah, if you could suspend your disbelief for one small thing to make everything else make sense. I mean, that's how conspiracy theories work, really, to this day. <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean... I don't know. Like, there's so much information on this case because it has captivated Americans and people, people all over the world for over 100 years. So you could find so many different theories. And unfortunately, so much of the evidence is lost. So you can't really, you know, in 1880, they weren't using forensic, you know, DNA. Yeah. They, I mean, all that stuff didn't exist. A lot of the evidence that they had has been destroyed. Well, I'm sure it was destroyed <clears throat> by the next day. Often, yeah. You know. I mean, and even there's a scene in this movie where um, the killer had written on the wall with chalk. Um, I forgot what it said. The Jews are not will not be are not to be blamed for nothing or whatever. Yeah, and even like the you know the other police guy was like, "Wash it off." Yeah. <laughs> you know, and Johnny Depp's like, "Well, I will never forget these words as long as I live. They're burned into my brain." You can wash it off all you want. But I mean, that's just how they dealt with evidence. All you're doing is destroying evidence. Yeah. And that's just like, oh, well, just get rid of it. We don't want the public to see this. It's like, (laughs) um, I think it was John Mulaney had a joke about old timey police work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, oh, he's like, detective, we got a, a pool of the suspect's blood over there. He's like, ooh, gross. Clean it up. Yeah basically <laughs> so the the five women there's um jesus christ so marianne nichols annie chapman elizabeth stride Catherine eddowes and mary kelly in quotes do we know for sure that it wasn't her or is that just for the movie they changed it oh like oh you mean like because because in the movie i mean in real life mary kelly is one of the victims has been, named they as have, a, as has been named as a victim. Yeah. I think that's. I think the they movie put, twist is just four movies. Or because, yeah. Because do we have any kind of personal notes from Aberlene about like a secret no. journal that oh 
Not that I know of, okay. yeah. Because we have no evidence that he even <clears throat> had a relationship with with her in real life. Um, so those are the, the five women. I don't know the order of, I mean, the order of who dies first. But like I said, they're all killed the same way. And in the movie, it shows him offering them grapes. Because back in 1888, no one could afford grapes mm-hmm. except the really wealthy. Um, which was one of his clues. He's like, this person has to be educated and wealthy because he's offering them grapes. And no one in Whitechapel can afford grapes. Grapes I mean, and, a, and, and, a, and a roofy drink, basically. Like Cleopatra's needle? Is that what he calls it? No, they're driving by Cleopatra's needle. You know, oh. the, the obelisk along the Thames. Oh, I thought, that's what, they, I thought that's, that's what he called the drink. Because like, she's like, I saw that in my dreams. Oh. You know, he's talking about Cleopatra. Yeah, he gives them like a, some kind of thing to... Not like, knock him out, but just like, looks like super absinthe and laudanum. Yeah, really. absinthe was a was a. I would say professor, Mister Aberlein. What was his investigate? What does he have a title? That I can call just him? an investigator. Aberlein. That was his inspector. 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 Inspector Aberlein. That was his drink of choice, uh, the absinthe, <clears throat> which it's just an interesting way of how they, sh- you know, how how you set that drink up mm-hmm. i guess with it's, the, a, it's a ritual yeah the whole ritual is very interesting to watch he has the absinthe and then you have the little spoon with the sugar cube and then you um well he, he what do you put first he soaks it in absinthe the sugar cube uh-huh. or he puts some absinthe on it he pours some absinthe yeah. over it and then he drips the lot and then, and then for him he drops laudanum on it yeah his little extra special touch and then he lights it on fire Basically, he drips oxycotton on it. Is what it is essentially. Sure. And he then lights he, it on fire, lets it burn a bit, caramelizes he, the sugar, sort of, and then for flavor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the killer gives these women the grapes and the drink, and then he kills them in a horrific way. Well, he kills them pretty quickly. You know, quickly and I mean, well, he they say cleanly. I mean, it's not. It's I mean, a it's, throat it's, slash. But they say cleanly, but they mean more of like. Very precise, yeah. and except with the last one. Of well, course, and then out of control. Well, it's not even that the the killing isn't clean. It, the killing is clean. It's the butchery afterwards that follows. Is butchery. is what's that's what's horrifying. So yeah, they're trying to think who, what kind of person would do this. You know, they're like, of course, be like, well, you have to look at the 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 Jews and the Orients and the immigrants. You know, like and they, butchers and furriers. and then they're like, and, you know, maybe butchers and stuff like that. And he's like, okay, well, sure. Because it'll be people who know the way around, like, you know, well, butchery. Yeah, but and, then you I know, guess Aberlein's the, like this person has, but the precision of and knowledge of human anatomy. Human anatomy is is evident, yeah. and that's what he's going by this whole time. He's like, this person's educated. They know human anatomy. He's he's thinking, you know, this is a doctor. And of course, back then, you know, like how his boss, like, there's no way a, an educated man would would do this, would do something as savage as this. You yeah, know? yeah. But back then, you know, doctors had their weird uh, the, performances, their theaters, their, their, <laughs> their big theater. theaters with all their medical students, and they'd have a, like a cadaver, um, and or a live person in or, some cases, <laughs> whatever. And they would, you know. That's how you learned anatomy, basically. You watch him with an actual body. And so he's thinking someone like this. And uh, there is one character in the movie who is a doctor who does his little performances, anatomy performances, 
Um, talking about that guy who, no, the, the younger guy? Well, no, I was talking about Ian Holm. Oh. Well, he's past his prime. Yeah. As that's his story anyway, that he's no longer able to, so he teaches. Uh-huh. Because that younger guy with the... Yeah, with the weird with mus- the soul patch and the little pointy beard, <laughs> the Monte Cristo facial hair. Um, who was he? Paul Reese as Doctor Farrell. Yeah, him. An ambitious young doctor and specialist in the treatment of dementia. So he's working on. He's basically lobotomizing and. Yeah, which it's like a new technique for. <laughs> yeah, for new them. technique where they would just punch holes in the side of your head. God, so barbaric back then all this medical discoveries like what made them think that this was gonna well you gotta try what you can i guess i mean try anything child right i have to sneeze yeah ian holm plays uh (gasps) sir william gull a retired surgeon and physician uh he's the physician to the royal family the queen queen victoria he teaches at the royal london hospital um He's a very dodgy character. He just seems suspicious the whole time. That's interesting because this is just uh, two months before we see Ian Holm as Bilbo in Fellowship of the Ring. And it's like, oh, Bilbo, you're so scary in this movie. I think it would have been fun to have seen The Hobbit. I mean, to seen Fellowship first and then go, oh, look, another Ian Holm movie. <laughs> and then watch that and be like, holy shit, what happened to Bilbo? <laughs> I think we did see this. I saw this after Fellowship. I think I did too. I think we did. I didn't, yeah. We didn't see this in the theater or anything. No. It looked too scary. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to see this on the big screen too. My blood. Uh, let's talk about Heather Graham <laughs> as Mary Kelly. The the pretty one. The pretty prostitute. Because none of them are all that attractive. Um, uh, which they shouldn't have been back then. Oh, they all had bad teeth, bad hair, crappy clothes. Um they you know. they actually looked a little too clean, you know. Even the the I see the ugly ones because they made them look pretty. The homelier, ragged. the homelier oh. looking ones, the ones who weren't doing as well. Yeah, the less successful ones. I mean, you can't make them look too gross, but you know, back then there was, especially in Whitechapel, no one was clean. Everyone smelled. Everyone was greasy. I mean, it was. It had disgusting. to have just been disgusting. Yeah, Whoa. I mean, there's shit on the ground. There's lice you go. everywhere. I mean, come yeah. on. But then there's Heather Graham as Mary Kelly, who looks like she takes a shower every every day. And she looks... See, when she would walk around, people would look at her with disgust. But I'm like, she looks like all of y'all. What are you... Like when at the museum? I, yeah, the only thing I think of is that her, she didn't, her hair was down. And she didn't have a hat on. She didn't have a hat on. And the bottom of her dress was dirty. Oh, was it? I yeah. didn't even know. Because she's been wearing that dress. Well, and she's not wearing white. She's wearing like... It's blue. She's wearing. And her you know, boobs are out more than other but women. You looked around, and everyone else at the museum was wearing like clean white dresses and well, things. They had gloves. You know? And, yeah. You know, people who go to museums. They. So I mean, they're looking at her because she. Yeah, she did look a little different. Because she's but, wearing clothes that would hide dirt. You know. <laughs> the, the bottom, you could see, it was pretty grungy looking. The bottom of her dress, but they still make her look very pretty mm-hmm. with her bright red hair. Because apparently she's from Ireland, so she's got to have red hair. No Irish. I, I was so focused on not just her ir- her not just her accent in this movie, but just the way she delivered lines, and it was distracting me. I it's funny because I didn't mind her. I I didn't notice her accent 
as to be as rough as I noticed it with like Natalie Portman. Yeah. Yeah, no. It felt the accent I think was a little better, but it was just the way she would deliver line sentences. I'm like, is she focusing on the accent and not how she's saying these mm-hmm. sentences? No, I, yeah, I, that I got. I mean, she gives a fine performance. I mean, I would have done no better. I would have been probably like, worse. Like um, it, it actually felt she was. It felt like she wasn't 100 percent comfortable with the accent yet. Yes, that's what it was. Like if she had if she had rehearsed, you know, like a month more maybe, then yeah, she's too busy dating Heath Ledger at the same time. I found out that Night's Tale was being... This was filmed in Prague, and so was Night's Tale, and she was actually dating Heath Ledger at that time, which is weird because I remember that, but you totally forget about that, and then you're like, oh, God, Heath Ledger and Heather Graham were I wonder, thing. If, I wonder if constantly hearing an Australian accent was throwing it off <laughs> for her. She's like, can you please not speak that accent around me? I'm trying to get a... I couldn't even pinpoint because her character is from Ireland, but she moved she, to she London, moved when, to she London when she was eight. Yeah. So she'd probably pick up that accent so she's probably got a muddied accent anyways i mean yeah a little bit of everything except when she said the word ireland it was suddenly irish ireland ireland what <laughs> that threw me off i mean she's fine you know she whatever hang on let me take care of custard oh okay Okay, I should but, find a cat sound effect to intercut whenever I have to deal with custard. I know, right? I bet there is one. Meow, 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 <laughs> yeah, Our cat was, we put him in the garage because he was being annoying and then he didn't want to be in the garage and we could hear that. So anyway. Can't put him outside because it's raining outside. It's raining. It's been raining, it's been raining all night. Mm-hmm. So it set the stage for our... It was raining really heavy earlier, but... <clears throat> so yeah, Heather Graham, she plays Mary Kelly. Um, she, the... Uh, Inspector Aberlein and her kind of kick off like a little romance. Yeah, he he takes a liking to her right away. Yeah, because she's got this bright red hair and these big blue. Her eyes are big. Have you noticed that? Her eyes They're have big. always been big. It's weird. Like oddly, oddly big. That's her trademark. Is it? Yeah. But did you see flowers in the attic? Well, did you? Yeah. Did she have different eyes then? No. Well, then I there you go. I couldn't get past her talking. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's not. She was. She was a thing for a while, huh? Heather Graham, the Austin Powers, Boogie Nights, Boogie Nights. Um, she was good in that, but mm-hmm. that's the role she can play in every movie. And then she makes a, a kind of a not a comeback, but a she has a, a nice reappearance in Hang, Hangover. I don't remember that movie at all. Oh, Cousin's freaking out again. Hi, come here, buddy. Come here. Come sit on the blanket. Come on. We got stuff to do. We don't have time to make Gus, you comfortable. But she's, you know, all of her prostitute friends are, are dying, basically. And she's like, eh, what's going on? Who's killing them? I'm sure she's thinking, am I next? She's being a little bit more careful, not going out at night. Right? I mean, eh, she doesn't do much in this movie. Because there's one... Wait, do we see... Do we first see... Um, Annie or whoever get taken away, and yeah, is she the first thing that happens? Yes, okay, the very beginning of the movie, Anne Crook. So um, we see her, her, her fella, and her get snatched by Prince Albert. A bunch of well, we don't know he's who he is. No, we yet. don't know that's Prince Albert. We just think it's her secret husband or whatever the hell it was. No, oh, because yeah. <clears throat> so they they witness them being 
snatched away. Yeah. By who? By some mysterious group of of men. And then when Aberlane takes her to the museum, and then he's like, "I want you to look at this painting," because he has an inkling that. Um, Beca- be- well, because they find her at the sanitarium or whatever. Yeah, and she's like, and she's like "He's a prince, and I'm a queen." Yeah, I'm a, he's like, "Where's your baby's father?" And she's mm-hmm. like, "He's a prince." You know, she's totally not so. With been any per, any other person would be like, "Oh, she's crazy," but when she's like, "He's the prince," and in fact, she's not lying. The her her man is actually Prince Albert or but, whatever. But does she know? Yeah, he's the prince. Yeah, I think so. Because he, she tells them that he's a painter, and he'd gone off. I think he assumed a, a false identity. Oh, I was doing a lot of research on him too, but. And then somehow she gleaned that he's the crown prince. Uh, I don't know. It's not a huge part of the storyline, really. Right. Really, so I, I think. Oh, because no, you know why? Because when they've taken her, they're interrogating her, mm-hmm. and he, that one guy who's mm-hmm. interrogating her is like. Uh. Who else knows? And she's like, I didn't even know. Oh. So I think they told her. Oh. And that's when she found out. Okay, yeah. That makes sense. And now that they've told her, they have to addle her brains. Yeah. So, okay. Addle. They got to scramble her head. Yeah, scramble her head. So yeah, she didn't know she was married to the prince until... Yeah. Until basically the cops tell her. Yeah. Yeah. Who else knows you're married to the prince? Who's the prince? What am I talking... I'm married to a painter. Is that Walter? So I wonder if they mixed the two characters. Maybe. Or the two people. Maybe. Oh, I gotta get him. Hang on. Now I'm out of breath. Dumb cats. Um, let's talk about Robbie Coltrane in this movie. Sergeant Peter Godley. Robbie Johnny Coltrane. Um, a month before he would become his most well-known role Hagrid of course the Harry Potter movies the first person's cast for the Harry Potter movies on J.K. Rowling's request really he even it. looks like Hagrid he I does mean, like, yeah even he's just normal. a big imposing guy yeah um he I looks like, like him in this he movie. looks like he looks like an older Hagrid who's more sophisticated and shaved <laughs> off his beard this is Hagrid's dad he's a cleaned up Hagrid uh, I like him in this movie Oh, he's so fun. Because he adds that humor that you need. Because it's a very dark movie, but he's he's kind of... You know, he's, he's constantly like, babysitting this drunk, Aberlein, stoned... Yeah. <laughs> um, he's, you know, he's Aberlene's assistant, basically. Um, and he's like the voice of reason. Yeah, he's like his second in command. He's, yeah. Because yeah. he has to wrangle all these fucking... Imbecile cops, these these yeah, little so he's children, in charge of like all the, the kids. people like on the investigation. He's like, oh my god, you guys are dumb, <laughs> you know. But he's the one that you know. Aberlin's telling them it's visions. I had a vision of this, and then, you know, they'll find body the next day, and he'll, you know, is this in your vision? And be like, and he yes. accepts it. He's like, is this is that what you saw in yeah, your dream? Yeah, he doesn't stuff? even question it. <laughs> and which I do is like pretty amazing. I do like he's like, you know, they would they used to burn men like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like him. He's he's fun and again this I had seen this after Harry Potter so it's he's only Hagrid in my mind so it's just yeah it's kind of funny to see him. It's a very Holmes and Watson kind of relationship. Yeah. Um, I had read a oh it was um Ebert's review. Ebert really liked this movie. 
and he mm-hmm. and he kind of said um so he's like uh, despite its sherlockian hero it's not a sherlock's <laughs> sherlock it's not a holmes and watson story despite its murders it's not a it's not a slasher film what it is i think is a guignol is that how you say it g-u-i-g-n-o-l have you seen that oh um shit i do yeah it's a guignol I'm saying it right. I don't think so. No. About a cross section of a thoroughly rotten society corrupted from the top down. So yeah, I mean, he even kind of said it, it has a Sherlockian hero. Um, like he recognizes that sort of but similarity. It's, not a, it's definitely not a Holmes and Watson mm-hmm. story, and it's not a slasher movie, despite the the killings. You know, I don't know. It's interesting. It, he, but he 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 enjoyed this movie. So anyway, um, should we get to? Basically, the 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 final scene, because really, it, it all it is is just him inspecting these murders. So it's not like there's all these, you know. And he has his people he he thinks is involved, the Freemasons. Well, Guignol is a French word for puppet. Okay, yeah. Um, <clears throat> this also this movie takes the theory that he was that Jack the Ripper was not working alone, and this movie shows that. Shows the guy basically mm-hmm. driving the carriage. Um, Netley, the coachman and stooge of the Ripper, they call it. Um, mm-hmm, played mm-hmm. by Jason Fleming. Fleming with a Y. Y, yeah. <laughs> Which is what Welsh, probably. Um, so yeah, this movie kind of has that. <laughs> if it was Welsh, that. it would have three Ys and eleven Ns. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he probably wasn't working alone. You know, kind of the same theory with Zodiac. To be able to do all of that, I mean, it's yeah. He would need some. You would at of, least need a lookout, you would think, right? Yeah, because sometimes he would be the one luring the women. Sometimes mm-hmm. he wasn't. Sometimes the Jack the Ripper guy was the one. He would just be waiting, and but he has that his his carriage with that the, the, that the noise. Steps, the ching, ching, ching. yeah, it's a very distinct. Almost sounds like a slashing of a knife type of. It it sounds like a metal Jacob's ladder, you know the click clack. Yeah. Yeah, because it it that's what it it, it click clacks down. His little metal step, yeah, the, for the women to climb up onto. It's a very and every time you hear that, you're like, oh, someone's gonna die. And you notice <laughs> it has totally like it has like two like fangs on it too that were like poking up. Uh huh. Like it, it's so menacing looking like that. Like I want that on my truck. <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, that was my hear that sound like ooh. To have my bitch steps look like that, that'd be cool. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> um. But then I'd also I'd have to have truck nuts or something oh my god please don't so yeah all four women have died okay at this point when we get to the end marianne nichols annie chapman elizabeth stride and Catherine eddowes elizabeth stride and Catherine eddowes were actually killed on the same night like not even an hour apart and this is a very famous part of the murders and this is what we see in the movie because yeah because one gets interrupted yeah and he's like he won't be satisfied with this because he didn't get to do his usual disembowelment and he couldn't take their take their bits their livelihood and their livelihood is what they call it. and the um, piece of their i guess he's been has he been taking the same organ no is i think it, did that only happen once or i think it happens at least twice well, then when he's taking another the, organ when they again. get the letter the from hell letter he includes a part of the kidney he includes the kidney mm-hmm. yeah but isn't the one where her intestines were missing? Intestines were removed and mm-hmm. a piece of the, and an organ. They don't say what organ. But yeah. They say an organ was removed. I don't know if it's the same thing. And then that other girl, her intestines are draped around her. Oh, God. So in, that, in, the, in that slum. 
In that, yeah. in that one little like ghetto. We don't see it though, do we? You see bits of it. They do a pretty good job of not showing you full on the mess. You just kind of see it off camera. Like you see it. You see it like, in, in wide shots. You see it in like, and you see it in like dream sequences too, where it's, it's either sepia or it's all green. Or yeah, it's, 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 they do a good job at it. It's stylized. You still see it, but it's yeah. stylized. It's from far off. Sometimes it's blurry. It's, it's not in the upfront shot. You'll kind of see it in the background. And you see it in did. like a flashback of like it's set into a different setting. Mm-hmm. Like you see one, the one murder, I think it's the final murder, where Ian Holm is having his flashback of operating in the theater and getting brought into the Masons, you know, the Freemasons. Mm-hmm. And so it looks like it's that murder scene, but they put it in the theater. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the only thing that you really see up close is like a throat slash. Because it's it's, it's, they're really, I'm like, wow, those are really, that's Game of Thrones level like effects. Those are good. Yeah, I was really impressed with, um, just the, the makeup. I guess I don't know what yeah, you call it. The, the makeup effects, effects, makeup. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I'm. I was surprised it wasn't nominated for any awards, just based on their because you don't watch this and go look at the CG movie with all these effects. It's not that at all. There's one that I. I really like because it's, I think it's the, it's the first, I think it's the first one we see where her throat gets slashed, like, in, in real time. And there's a bit where you can see, like. Oh, I know, that's the, a, um, it's like the third girl. The dark haired. The, she, the one who likes other women. Yeah, the, <laughs> the pseudo lesbian. Whatever. Yeah, whatever the, they were. And like, you see, like, a part of her neck, mm-hmm. like, it opens, and then yeah. there's one little bit that's still attached, and then it snaps. And I notice that every single time. I mean, I don't think it's Jeez. on purpose. I think it's just the, the material that they had used. Uh-huh. But it's like, it looks like a piece of skin and flesh trying to hang on. And then it separates at the opening. I'm like, oh, that looks good. And that's the only, like, thing that saves me from watching these kind of movies. I always try to take myself out. And oh, like, see, how do how they do that? How yeah. do they do this? That's That's what I have to do with any kind of, like, scary movie or where there's, I'm like, okay, let's think about how they this, how much fun they were probably having making all this stuff. See, I I try doing that when I watch like scary movies, and I still cannot. Really? Like wow. this kind of stuff, I can, it's fine. Like the gore stuff is fine. It's the scary ones that I'm like, I still can't get past that. Even when there's like kids involved, I'm like, oh, I wonder what these kids are going through <laughs> on set, and how much fun would that be? Like, okay, walk down this hallway, and he's gonna jump out at you. I know what's gonna happen, and it, I still get scared. <laughs> I guess it depends on the movie, but I mean, the only when I first saw The Evil Dead, I was like, "This is insane." So I well, those I, movies are fun. Basically, I, I that's the first time I really took myself out. Oh really? And I'm like, okay, they had a blast doing this. Look at how insane Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell went mm-hmm. in making all this. And so every time I watch an Evil Dead movie, as scary as they are, you have to just focus on yeah, the like effects. those kinds of movies. I can it's fine, but it's stuff like Insidious. Or even uh, paranormal activity. No, and I don't want to because it looks scary as fuck. No. The Conjuring. I still yeah, think those, you need to all see those. The Conjuring. The Conjuring <clears throat> slaps. Even like um, drag me to hell. That kind of. I it's I. Mm-mm. That was so scary. I can't. I just or like the strangers and I'm like. Mm-mm. Well, no, I won't. Mm-mm. That's different. That's a different kind of movie, and I refuse to. Is it because of the tension also involved? It's because it's way or too real. Or the subject. Okay. 
Home invasion stories, I do not <clears throat> like because that's your one safe. You're like, place. this is shit that can happen. This shit, this is shit that does happen. Strangers and well, Hush. Oh, Hush. The yeah. God. Which was probably the best horror movie I'd seen that entire year. It's so good, but it, it's so scary because it's something that can really happen. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. in your own home, and those teeter a fine line between entertainment and I don't ever want to deal with this ever again. Which is why I won't ever watch The Strangers again, because once is enough. But I think the last uh, bona fide horror movie that I saw was Cabin in the Woods, and that was so tame. What? That was so long ago, and, and that it was, was a... so tame, and it's so much fun. Oh, because it's a funny it's, movie. Because it's Jaws. I don't see it's. I don't. But it's it's categorized as a horror movie. Yeah. But and that's the last like official like horror movie that I've seen. I can't think of really? anything else. Name anything that came after it, and I have not seen it. <clears throat> okay well yeah i mean i know you're not looking for them so but i was looking forward to kevin Lewis because i'd heard about it for years because well, it was joss whedon like and oh he had made this movie and it's never gonna get released is it damon lindelof or matt reeves oh i don't remember it's one of those lost i think guys. it is damon lindelof i think it's one of those lost guys jj abrams i don't know <laughs> um but yeah oh, this it might one, have been i can i think it was, might have been jj because i think i remember seeing Bad robot running around. I mean, this one, even though it's, you know, it's a true story. These really happened. I can still remove myself from it because I'm like. <laughs> well, it's based on a true story. It's based on true events. Well, not... no, I mean, these women really died. No, All I know, these but women, I mean, the, the through line isn't necessarily based on anything. No, and I'm saying like I can remove myself even though this really happened. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I can yeah. still kind of remove myself because I'm like, well, this was a long time ago. <laughs> um. Whitechapel, this actually, uh, these in real life, all of these murders actually helped change Whitechapel. They, they, it was like a call out to the city, but like, we need the city needs to get cleaned up, clean up our slums, basically. Yeah, I mean, Whitechapel is the worst of, of them all, and this brought attention to the fact that they needed to. So, after this happened, if actually, if this hadn't happened, then Whitechapel would have remained a slum for a long time, for much longer, yeah. Um, but they actually when and cleaned it up and probably looked at their other slums. I'm not saying they're all changed overnight, but... Um, Did we ever go out to Whitechapel or we were going to? We were going to, because Sean, Sean and I went to London um, back in 03. Maybe. And um, we were going to do like a... The Jack the Ripper tour on Jack Valentine's the, Day, Valentine's night. Yeah, but... Um, it was so cold we and tired. it was so long. We were, I mean, we were there in February. Um and we actually went to the Tower of London on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, we'll go there. And, and we're going to do a Jack the Ripper tour that, that night because that it's evening, very like, romantic. Fuck, I'm so tired. But we were, I remember just being so tired. And yeah. So I, we I, remember, I mean, I remember being feeling almost sick because we were so hungry too. We're like, okay, we got to go get food first. Yeah. And we went to that upstairs, downstairs pub. I don't know. Yeah, which was so good. Oh, my God. I don't know. But yeah, we, I don't think we made it. And... When we were in London, I mean, the, my, our only transportation was the tube. And we walked everywhere. We, we were walked everywhere. We walked like dummies. so much. And I was like, oh, we can walk to Whitechapel. I don't, I didn't even know where. I don't think we made it in that area. No, we we didn't get out that way, I don't think. I mean, yeah. that's like East London, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so our final, our final girl, <laughs> Mary Kelly, the very first final girl. Um, so basically, uh, Aberlene tells her, he writes her a letter 
and says, you have to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Gives her a bunch of money. Gives her money. Um, delivered letters delivered to her. Um, via pub, the via Ten pub, Bells, which is a great name. Yeah. And I wonder if that, I'm sure it was really what the pub was called, mm-hmm. if they knew. But then, well, not much longer after that, there is, um, he hears that there's been another murder mm-hmm. in the horror house wherever well, she and he, lives. And he tells her, I don't even want to know where you're staying. Don't yeah. tell anyone. So how do we, how do we know, how do they, how do they get found out? Is it just because, I don't know. I don't remember. I thought he knew where she was. Mm-mm. So when they say there was a, you know, there's a body at the Marlebone, how do we say that? Mary- Marlebone or whatever. Marlebone, whatever. Um, working, how workhouse, whatever. I thought he knew that that's where she lived because that's why he freaks out and runs. Well, no, I mean, he knows it's another murder, so he's going to go check it out. Cause... But he thinks it's her until he sees Well, I think the... because he doesn't, he, he must have a, another vision kind of thing. Oh, or maybe. he has a hunch. Who knows? But I mean, if it's in the, it's still in the same area of the girls. So, I mean, you know. Yeah. But, um, well, before, this is when we find out about Ian Holmes' character. Mm-hmm. Um, we find out that he is the one, he is Jack the Ripper. Yeah. In this movie. Yeah, I mean, that's the narrative of the, yeah. of the movie. So, the focus is kind of on him and then he admits to doing this and he has this long, like, soliloquy of... Was that your hair? No, it was my oh. sleeve. Um, talking about why he's doing this and it shows him going to the workhouse. It's got his little... Ten bells. Um, he's got his little briefcase with his instruments his, his portable surgery surgical kit his uh what's the amputee kit oh, yeah yeah the amputee kit oh yeah it kind of looks like it i don't know we don't really see it there's see there's it. a pub a, the 10 bells pub yeah, i don't know how up. old it is though i'm trying to figure Was that out around in 1888 it's a, pubs a it's a classic mainstay of the area Whitechapel. i don't know um so yeah ian home dr gull Goes to the working house and he sees a girl lying in the bed. We can't see who this girl is. We're meant to think it's Mary Kelly because she's the only one left. Well, the whatever that the lesbian's name was, she brought a new girl in. Yeah, to the, girl the from fold. The Brussels. She's the Brussels a, girl. A, a Belgian girl. Yeah. Um. And so it's just her and Mary Kelly staying in this place. Yeah. And she's going in and out. Like Mary, Mary's like, you shouldn't go. Yeah, anywhere. because she went out, the girl went out to go buy food. Yeah. Um. So we see a girl laying there, and we don't, we can't see who it is. But in her head, I mean, I think our mind is supposed to, they want us to think it's... We're meant to believe that it's... It's Mary. It's most likely Mary, because she's the target. We know that. Yeah. And it is in the Whitechapel area, okay. roughly. Okay. Yeah. Good. Um, we see Ian Holmes come in, and um, he doesn't waste any time. Mm-hmm. He just starts off. And this is his most elaborate killing. And... This is when we know that everyone's, all the higher-ups are all involved, too, in this big, bigger conspiracy because mm-hmm. his boss is like, no, Freemason. let him in. Let him see it now. Yeah. Because he's been pulled off, <coughs> he's been pulled off duty. Duty. He's been suspended, basically. Oh, yeah. He's, just, he's yeah. suspended from duty. Yeah. But then his boss like, no, that's fine. Let him in. Let him see it. And he's like, it's over now. He's, and he says, he's done. All the murders up until now in mm-hmm. the movie. Um. 
where basically they reproduce exactly fucking gross i mean there's there are a lot of pictures oh, i know I've, pictures. I've seen and them yeah yeah you you google them they're there um this great care was taken to accurately reproduce the actual sites of the river murders illustrations and actual photographs from 1888 were used um similar care was used to reproduce the wounds inflicted on the victims uh, but the final murder of supposedly Mary mm-hmm. Kelly mm-hmm. was the only one depicted in the movie that didn't exactly follow the wound patterns found on the actual victim. Um, the scene was actually toned down because that murder was so gruesome. Boy, the Mary Kelly mur- the yeah. real the real murder was even worse. Yeah, it was so gruesome <laughs> that um, producers they they were afraid they were going to get an NC seventeen rating if they actually <laughs> did exactly how Whoa. it happened. Um, had they actually shown a likeness of the victim who was found with both breasts breasts severed, every facial feature sla- slashed and torn, and belly cut open. Her intestines were hung about the room like Christmas garland. Fucking gross. That's nasty. Um, and this, again, they do a good job at, you don't, you just see, you just see red, really. It's red everywhere. Um, you it, don't see anything up close. There's not a shot of the mess you just and, see it like on the side you and see i think it blurry. they they take the edge off by making him have his surgical flashback mm-hmm. so they make it very clinical too what he's doing yeah because he's suddenly thinking he's, he's sort of talking his way theater. through it yeah. yeah yeah it's like another just another medical demonstration that he's doing um but it is gruesome and of course um Averline here is that another body has been found and it's not much of a potty anymore but no. he runs and runs and he's running and um he walks in and and he thinks it's he thinks it's mary because i mean there's nothing recognizable no facially i mean no right he, we don't see the face but i mean from what we can tell there's there'd be no way to tell even who, what it the is police officers they're like they're like puking yeah they're so like the one guy's like everything is in pieces she's in pieces she's in pieces oh jesus um this Aberlene kneels down next to it. He had no qualms of going up to this. But then he sees yeah. her hair and it's brown. Yeah. It's not red. We know that. And that's probably one of the reasons why they made her hair so bright so red. So distinct because they'd be able to do that this. would stand out. Yeah, it would. He sees her hair is brown and he, we just see the relief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he knows it's not Mary. Unfortunately, it's someone else. It's the Belgian girl, we think. And I, I'm guessing in the movie, they would have no way of knowing who this other person is because no, they have they no knowledge that, that there's, there's been another other. girl. Yeah. So they just, that's why I think because records have shown it's all of, Mary Kelly. All of Mary Kelly's things are still up on the bedside table, her picture and stuff when yeah. she was a child. So even if this did happen in real life, she's known as Mary Kelly, the final victim. It would be like if you found a victim in, in an apartment and you couldn't recognize that person, but if they were in the bed and nothing else looked out of place, you would assume it's that resident's body. So that's what they're doing, basically. Because I think they know who, who rented that room. And it was probably Mary Kelly yep. herself yep. who rented it. Yeah, so That's they, the last record back of... Back then, you know, they're not going know. into too much trouble to figure out, like, no. well, it's, that's... Because she doesn't matter. She's... She's a prostitute. Yeah. These women didn't matter she's to a, She's an unfortunate. She's an unfortunate. Yeah, they call them unfortunates. Um, yeah, but then um, he gets a letter right after that from the pub guy. Mm-hmm. She wrote, and it's from Mary, and she actually... She had left that she morning. She left early. Good for her. She left... Just by chance, yeah. Um, she found 
Anne Kirk's baby, the one from the beginning who got taken away, mm-hmm. found her baby. In an orphanage somewhere. Um, yeah. And went back to Ireland, 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 Ireland. I just saw the pictures of the actual Mary Kelly and it's... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she's back in Ireland and she will never see him again. Uh, and she's telling him, here's my, here's the address, come, come find me. But... But he knows that because there's still the higher ups, the, the conspiracy people are still watching him. And he's like, if they see me leave, they might think something's up. Then they'll. They they'll, might think that she's still If he changes alive his, or, his, yeah. his pattern and his, yep. his lifestyle. Yeah. But then he ends up. And then so then we see we come back to him and he's back in the opium den. Mm-hmm. Knocked out again. And of course, Robbie Coltrane comes and, you know as per usual, is trying to get him up and then he realizes he's not moving now. Something looks different and we find out he's died in the opium den. Yeah. And we think, my thinking is that he... On purpose? He did it, he knew that he was going to die in there because he has his customary two coins for the ferryman in his hand, which Robbie Coltrane places on his eyes. Yeah. Which is a thing he did to um, Annie Chapman. And he's like, I've never understood that Um, ritual. Yeah. I've never fully understood that tradition. If for the ferryman. The ferryman who takes the body across the river into the land of the dead. If she don't have the money to pay him, she'd have to wander forever lost between the two worlds. Which is um, interesting. If you if you see these women's um, gravestones, they're like in over in Whitechapel area. Mm-hmm. To this day, they're just like little round grave markers, like the like a small like. They're like a step above like a pauper's grave. Yeah, but if you see them say, I mean, you'll see there's always coins on them. People find mm-hmm. them and they'll just put coins on them, which is kind of neat because, you know, they they didn't get much in their life. They, I mean, they were the original, not original, but they were an early disenfranchised group. You know, they yeah. were they were the lesser thens. Yeah, and and we just ha- we know these five, but there were probably so much more that don't get anything, and mm-hmm. people don't know they existed to this, you know, to this day, which is pretty unfortunate to use that word but um you know that's the shitty time it was i mean you didn't marry into a wealthy family you had no one else you you do what you can to survive mm-hmm. and unfortunately a lot of the time it was on the street whoring yourself out and smelling and not having dental care and <laughs> you know, i like how they they bathe in like the public drinking trough Oh, God. I mean, disease was rampant, you I mean, know. I mean, I can't. We tend to sometimes glamorize those times. You know, we when see, was like, the Black in... Plague? Oh, that was a long time ago. No, I know, but I mean. Like the. 16? 14. Oh, was it 1400? 1500s? Because it wasn't during like Anne Boleyn time. Maybe. <coughs> Life in the time of cholera. <laughs> I mean, we, it's easy to glamorize those times, you know, even, even from like Black Plague times. You're like, oh, like the. The tutors and yeah, know, yeah, yeah. The, but even them, they had shitty teeth and everyone smelled and. Well, I mean, you're throwing your shit out the window. I mean. Yeah, I mean. You can forget about that stuff and just pretend it was a grand time to live in, and everyone wore really fancy clothes. But really, I would, I would, not. You couldn't pay me. Because really, live you back either then. had the the wealthy or you had the poor. Working class who were barely getting by, and the majority of them were them. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. Well, as even like even Downton now. Abbey type things, like 
yeah, it's you can glamorize Downton Abbey. Look at how wonderful their life is, and they, like have, either, you either, they have everything. But they're a very small majority. You either had servants or you were a servant. I mean, yeah. that's basically. And even them, if you know Downton Abbey, like they couldn't afford that house anymore. <laughs> and um, I don't know. As I'm, I'm thankful for the time we live in. Just when it comes to like healthcare and dental care. And- <laughs> You know, you, you you can be a woman and not have to get married and, you know, and still make it on your own. You can still make money and be successful without having to be married. And, you know, even through the 1950s, that really wasn't the case. So I don't know. We could go on that all day. <laughs> but 1880s were a very specific time when you had no choices if you didn't mm-hmm. find a man to marry. And so, yeah, a lot of ladies were not marrying for love. <laughs> well, yeah. Sometimes the man they loved was a, you know, poor fisherman. I don't know. But. Um, when I go box, do yeah. go by the numbers. Yeah, so this movie, the um, budget, uh, $35 million. So it's that's, pretty, not a, that's not a lot. I don't know. It's, well, well it's but for 2000, 2000, 2001. 2001. Um, yeah, that's not quite, that's not a, that's, it's a, I think it's a, it's a, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a. You can't make a movie for twenty five million today. <laughs> they just oh, wait, twenty five or thirty five. What did I say? Oh, I'm sorry, thirty five. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a moderate budget. Yeah, yeah, they had to pay for. They they saved some money by shooting in Prague. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Well, how much do you think it made? Eighty five. Seventy five million. Mm. So you know it did it did. Uh, pretty well both here and over there mm-hmm. um definitely not a i don't think it's a disappointment no 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 um rotten tomatoes so it's kind of split down the middle um there's your clue <laughs> i would say 80 mm. oh way high that's too high i said split down the middle yeah oh. 57 oh. um i mean i did read you know roger ebert he liked it mm-hmm. um I bet Ken Turan hated it. Well, again, he hates everything. He's a miserable man. Whatever. Um, I can see why some people... I don't know. I mean, the subject matter is dark. Um, Alan Moore actually didn't like what they did with his... A- Alan Moore doesn't like anything he like, anyone as does. As we learned from V for fuck, Vendetta, fuck he hated Alan that Moore. too. He didn't like what they did with Aberlene. Because I guess in the in the comic, he's he's kind of gruff and... He was probably uh, more uh-huh. like Robbie Coltrane, but he didn't like that they made him into an absinthe swilling dandy. That's what he called. Whatever. Dandy is. Um, do you like Johnny Depp in this movie? Mm-hmm. I like him. I do too. Because he's not. I'm not going to lie and be like, no. I'm. And it's funny because he, no, it's a I, very subdued <clears throat> performance for Johnny Depp. Well, I guess it, just comparing it with Ichabod. Uh-huh. And Pirate and Jack Sparrow. Um. I think Ichabod has more in common with Jack Sparrow because they're both paranoid, like, yeah, almost comedic performances. And this is so, like, mm-hmm. very serious. Um, but I, I found him to be very attractive in this movie. I was like, well, he's a good-looking guy in this movie. He looked really thin in this well, movie. Well, he's always got thin, though. He's always thin. But I mean, well, I know, but I mean, when have you seen a f- maybe he looked, now. Well, he looked gaunt in this. I oh, think, well, because I think that's the character because he's all on Oxycontin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was before he was drinking a 
cask of wine a day. <laughs> which hey, is I'm, I'm all for that. <laughs> no, God. Um, yeah, I mean, we can say what we want about Johnny Depp now and his issues. and But I liked him in this movie. I basically like him in all the movies that he did back then. I'm not going to have anything bad to say about him. Um, I don't know why we own this, though. I think I bought it. I feel like this is this is one I found at Blockbuster, previously viewed. Remember back in those mm-hmm, days, mm-hmm. and it was like five bucks or something. It was a double disc. So I, when I looked in our in our binder, I saw that I had two. One was so the other one must be like special features, which if we had more time, it'd be interesting to watch. But um, yeah, we got to get to our next one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like God, I don't have time to watch the special features. Maybe someday. Um, but yeah, I think it was one of those I just saw and it was cheap. I'm like, oh, I want to see this. Instead of renting it, I'll just buy it for a few dollars more, you know. And yeah, that's why. Yeah. And, and, and again, it's one of those you probably don't want to watch it a lot just because of the, the subject matter and it's pretty graphic. But um, again, this this case will forever um, get people's interest. And it's just one of those things you know every few years you hear another thing coming out oh we might we have another you know lead on the jack the ripper case like they're never going to solve it at this point we're going to be going on like 150 years <laughs> Just, you yeah. know um they're not going to solve it there it's not like they're going to suddenly find all this dna they can match um yeah, we're I just gonna if, every few years exists. we're gonna get a new you know the even the the letters are all like copied basically mm-hmm. like are all, all the originals them. gone that's what i came to or are they was... just not accessible like they locked away somewhere and i just... think there's like the from hell letter i uh-huh. like i saw a picture it was in a like a frame oh, okay if that's the original i don't even know i don't think mm-hmm. anyone knows because so much was destroyed yeah which is insane i mean we could talk about cases that aren't solved because of police blunders but but i mean i can't imagine keeping a large amount of evidence from murder that or from murders that happened over a hundred years ago. When they were just prostitutes, which again, at the time they're probably like, Oh, just another, there were people who really to society didn't matter. No. So, and, and I mean, they didn't know that 150 years from then we would still be fascinated. We still don't know. They didn't, obviously they couldn't plan that, but he became so popular in literature that you know like kind of like the zodiac he he kind of hammed it up for mm-hmm. for them you know he'd write them these letters um and you know the, the media gave him the nickname jack the river the media kind of played him up more and he just got more and more popular mm-hmm. as time passed i mean it, it was sensationalized <laughs> you know. yeah and they i'm sure the police force when these were happening weren't counting on that it's like had they known maybe they would have Paid more attention. I don't know. But unfortunate that it happened, but hopefully some good came from it, you know, with the cleaning up of Whitechapel and just better police work. (laughs) I don't know. Better uh, evidence keeping. I mean, and it's just, you know, humans are are animals and we can often be horrible animals. And it's just an interesting, you know, point in history. And, you know, people, you know, like we talked about with Zodiac, there's this fascination that, people have with serial killers why and how and all that stuff it just captures our imagination because it's so 
what most of us wouldn't do and most of us wouldn't go there mm. so we're so fascinated by someone who would do this and and the why and you know especially when it's unsolved we just want to did you did you tell me that there was like that that idea that there's that there was like an expert who said that there's like currently there's like 1200 serial killers in the world yeah really? oh there was Current. that that buzzfeed thing like trying to have things you probably don't want to know oh, 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 oh. <laughs> or something one of those dumb lists. There's like 1,200 like, active serial killers in the world. Yeah, like an insane number. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm gonna say sleep well, good night. I want to know what their criteria is for serial killers. Is it more than two? Is it? Is it two I know. I mean, or more? You know, is it? When you hear serial, you're like, well, that's they've killed a lot of people. But I mean, is is <coughs> if but you kill three people within a span of ten years, are you a serial killer? Yeah, I okay. think so. Now, would you recommend this movie? Ten years. Someone's like, yeah, I'm in the mood to watch something scary, something different. If you're not nauseated by a little bit of gore, then yeah. And like I said, there are some people who can't handle blood. Yeah, but really, I mean, they do it in an interesting way in this yeah, movie. It's stylized, and it's not like it's not in your face. I mean, it's gory. It's well, and it's not like like a Kurosawa stylized, where it's like thick, goopy red blood. Yeah, it's still kind of realistic looking, but it is. The just all it's presented in a very non kind of invasive distant way, way yeah. you know. It's very non invasive. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I was um, <laughs> pleasantly surprised when I watched it last night, but I was kind of dreading it. But after watching it, I'm like, no, that is a that's you, an interesting You were movie. relieved that it was as good as you kind of had hoped yeah. it could be? Yeah. Um, I was excited going into it. I'm like, oh, good. Because, like yeah, this one. it's been a while. But, um, so yeah, next week we continue on our Los Espookies October. Uh, yeah, next week we go back to 1960. Well, no, not next week. But... Well, I'm going to say next week because that's what you say. We're going to talk about Alfred Hitchcock's masterpiece. Is it a masterpiece? Sure. I don't know. There's no... There's no uh... Attraction of birds at Universal Studios. There's no, no vertigo no, there attraction be. at... Vertigo. Go stand up and fall. <laughs> uh, no, next week we'll be talking about Psycho. A movie that I think uh, most people have seen. I don't know. Well, it's, and again, which version of Psycho is this? Because this you weren't is, sure. No, until... I double checked. It is, <laughs> thankfully. For some reason, I thought we had the 1998 Gus Van Sant shot for shot remake. Which I would never have. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I thought that. I think because I looked at the... The DVD, and I saw the year 1998, like the oh. and I was like, oh, God. But I did double check. This isn't I, a DVD from the 60s? I know, right? <laughs> I was like, well, no, because this, yeah. So it is the 1960. Who was even white. in that remake one? Was that Vince Vaughn and Heche? Yeah, Vince Vaughn and Heche. <laughs> shot for shot. I know. I remember, uh, they, were, even the Danny I remember when they announced that. I'm like, that's fucking dumb. Danny Elfman's music score is Exactly. Note, Bernard, note for note. Note for note. Uh, Bernard Herman's score. Then why? 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 Because you can, I guess. But we're not watching that one. We're watching the original, the best, um, the first, uh, the first modern horror movie. Maybe? Is it? I don't know. First slasher film. It's a good one, guys. If you haven't watched it for some reason, I'm go find it because it's. It will be um, interesting to talk about the techniques in this in the making of this movie because it's innovative. Yeah, we'll it's talk about good. the documentary I watched too, oh. which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. But 
yeah, it's uh, one of my favorites. My Probably my favorite Hitchcock, so it's a close. It's right I, up there. With, I do like the birds. Birds is... Because it's After fun. I watched Vertigo, I was like, okay, Vertigo is better than I've the not birds. seen Vertigo. It's glorious. You got to watch it. Anyway. I checked it out from the library a few months ago, mm. over the summer. Um, You'll find Psycho in the library for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to find even if you go to the library or the store. Uh, I don't know if it's streaming. It might not be. I don't know. I haven't checked because we own it. So anyway. It's probably on TCM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have, you know, October. I don't know. It might be spooky month for them too. But anyway, till next time. Sharpen those knives. <sighs> don't go into the shower. If it was in Jack River time, he didn't take a shower anyway. We need an official outro because these are terrible. Okay. Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye. One day, men will look back and say I gave birth to the 20th century.